<laughs> Let's pray. God, you are amazing. And we thank you this evening that you are exactly who you are. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you care about us, that you care about the things that we care about. Uh, the big problems and the small things and the little victories and the big celebrations and the hopes and the dreams that you care about all of that, that you're moving to give us the things that we need, that you're in this relationship, this action of constant forgiveness towards us, and that you empower us to forgive others. We ask that you would guard our hearts, that you would protect us. We ask that you would make us brave, that we could be the kind of people that show the world what you're like, that we could make earth a little more like heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We love you and we praise you. Amen. So this weekend we're continuing. I love the, the orange and black. It makes me feel like I'm back at Mercer. Um, we're continuing in our... There's some excitement on the front row. Okay. Continuing in y'all's study of get to work. And so we've got three times we're going to come together. And we're going to talk about prayer, the study of scripture, and getting to work doing stuff. And uh, so these are sort of spiritual practices. One of them that we're engaging in a lot, and that I just talked about, is worship. That's one of these things that has to be cultivated, that you can fake, but there's, there's a reality that it can tap into as well. Um, so I did a free association thing on Facebook with the word prayer. I asked my friends on Facebook and Twitter to like, what comes up when you hear prayer? When I ask you, what does prayer make you think of? What do you get? And I asked for short answers, and a lot of people wrote me these big old essays. But most of them were, I got churchy answers. There were two kinds. Got churchy answers like prayer is talking to God. Or um, prayer is what we do when, when you're uh, one old person. I shouldn't say it like that. One person who's older than me said something like, prayer is how you get through the day. Um, and she had crocheted that on a pillow. You could just feel it. Um, and then, so there were churchy answers, like things you might expect from Sunday school teachers. And then I had my honest friends. A lot of them were seminarians. A lot of people were these folks studying the Bible and stuff. And they wrote things like weird, prayer is hard, prayer is scary, prayer is a waste of time. That's from a seminarian. Um, means someone who's studying to be a pastor. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Future of the church. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions about prayer. A lot of people wonder even how to pray. Like my seminarian friend, is it even worth it? Uh, how do I know if my prayer works? How do I pray more effective prayers? How do I get more oomph out of this time I'm putting in? Um, even though sometimes it just feels like I'm talking at the ceiling or talking to myself like a crazy person. Um, and then we have the uh, not so well kept secret of the church, that a lot of us don't pray very much at all, even our leaders. Um, I'm sure none of your leaders, no, no one in charge at your church is like this, but uh, a lot of folks, even passionate Christians, struggle to have this prayer life developed. Um, and that's something that we want uh, for you. But we prefer to do stuff, usually, than this whole prayer thing, this uh, talking and listening and waiting sort of thing. We like to go and we like to do. Um, but Jesus has some words on prayer. Do we have it on the screen? Matthew 6. You might have seen 
this uh, before. Jesus talking to his disciples. This is out of Matthew 6, my favorite section of the whole Bible, probably Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gathers a crowd and like lays out his manifesto for the way he would have the world be. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Yeah, I'm going fast because you know this stuff. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Did not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one for... (laughs) I went to the church version. (laughs) When you are praying, do not heap on empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. I'll get to that one in a minute. Yeah, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil my transitions. Jesus, uh, <laughs> Jesus is fielding questions from his disciples and his followers. People around Jesus are asking questions about prayer. These same kind of questions that we ask, uh, how does it work? Um, what should we do? How do I know that like, God even hears it? And Jesus gives them this prayer. You've heard it in church. It happens twice in the Bible, and we've sort of squished them in- that's where the mic is, squished them into one microphone, into one thing uh, called the Lord's Prayer. Um, And this whole passage here is one that we like. We like the first half of Matthew 6 a lot better because Jesus starts by talking about giving and serving. He's talking about doing, and he says, don't be a hypocrite. Uh, And we get the whole, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give in secret, serve in secret. And this whole left hand, right thing is about letting this way of life become not, not second nature, but even first nature, that it is just what you do, so much so that you don't even notice your generosity, that you don't even notice your service, because it is just part of who you are. And so we like that part. So if you're reading through the chapter, you're like, okay, this is good stuff. And then you get to the Lord's Prayer, and you're like, oh, churchy stuff that we read all the time. And you keep going. But I think Jesus has put them together here on purpose um, in the same way that Jesus says, when you give and when you serve, Jesus expects. He doesn't say if you do good things. He says when you do these good stuff. When you're out caring about people, do it like this. He then says when you pray, do it like this. Jesus expects that his people are doers, that his people are people who care about the state of humanity that care about their communities, but that they're also people who pray. Jesus expects this sort of engagement, and he expects it to be this left hand, right hand situation where it just is part of who you are. Um, That next slide. Over in Luke 18, Jesus tells a parable uh, that we've come to know as the parable of the unjust judge. Um, The first line of it is, Then Jesus told them a parable about how they need to pray always and not lose heart. Don't change the slide. You're safe. You can just sit there. Yeah. And Jesus tells this parable about a uh, person with no power, no ability to do anything for themselves, a widow in this circumstance, who needs something from a powerful person who doesn't care about her or his position or God. And she goes every day and, like, yells at him, Uh, Give me justice. 
And the judge is like, get out of here, lady. I don't care about you. Um, and he does it over and over. It's part of like this almost rhythm for her life now that she goes and encounters this powerful person and is ignored over and over and over. And eventually, the unjust judge gives in because he's annoyed. And Jesus says, that's how you should pray. And that's weird. That's freaked a lot of people out. Because um, usually in these parables, the powerful person uh, represents God. But this, remember, has Jesus set up. It's a parable about how to pray. This isn't a parable about how God hears prayer. This is a parable about how God expects prayer. The praying life is one of constant uh, hunger and thirst, constant desire for more of this interaction, this constant praying relationship. <clears throat> Jesus' followers are people who pray and who pray a lot. Um, if we're going to be the kinds of people who have the courage and endurance to make the world a better place, we have to be people who are constantly before God in prayer. Give me another slide. Yes, it worked. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, so we're not with Jesus anymore. Now we're listening to a dude named Paul. He writes a third of the New Testament. Uh, this is a letter that he sends to his friends in a place called Thessalonica. And he uh, gives them a list of things that he thinks Christians should do. It's called a virtue list. It's a big school word for that. And we'll be looking at another one uh, later on. But in this virtue list, Paul says this is what it looks like to be a Christian. And so the list is find a way to live in peace with one another, encourage those who seem stuck or tired, help the weak, do not engage in retributive violence, always do good for your community, listen to your preachers, but also hold them accountable for what they say, never quench the spirit in someone's life, give thanks in all circumstances. I like this next one. Don't be evil. It's in the Bible. Um, and remember to rejoice always. That's a lot of stuff. That's, that's a long list of serious things, serious expectations. And so the obvious question, how do you do all that, Paul? That's, that's a big ask you just brought to us. But Paul anticipates the uh, question. And the next verse, not on this screen, verse 17, Paul says, how do you do this? You pray without ceasing. Prayer for Paul and for Jesus, like we just read, bringing stuff together, prayer for these uh, people is not just something that Christians do. Uh, it's not on the list. The list here of things Christians do that Paul just gave us and gives us different ones in different layers, but they don't include prayer. Prayer is not something that the Christian just does. Prayer is what empowers what the Christian does. All of these things only become possible through this lifestyle of prayer, this praying without ceasing. Paul believes that if we're going to function as Christians in this world, that we're going to have to have our supply line to God constantly open, that we're going to have to have a constant and open relationship in dialogue with this God, praying without ceasing. Luke 21, maybe it's a slide. Jesus tells his followers, pray always. Ephesians 6, Paul says, pray in the spirit at all times. Romans 12, 12, be constantly in prayer. Whatever, get to work. Uh, this is not an isolated uh, phrase in the Bible, because you can make the Bible say anything. 
you can open your Bible, you can find it saying basically anything about anything and say, well, here it is. It's called proof texting. Don't do it. Um, but this is a trend throughout the New Testament. There is an expectation that the Christian lives in constant relationship and dialogue with God, praying without ceasing, praying always, pray constantly. From the very start of the Christian tradition, from the very beginning of this great family of faith, Christians were people who pray. Next slide is Richard Rohr. This is a, you should check this guy out. He's my, one of my favorite Christian authors right now. Weird dude, kind of mystic, but really, really cool stuff. One of his quotes that I really like is uh, that prayer is not primarily saying words or thinking thoughts, as a lot of us have probably been exposed to prayer as, that it, you close your eyes, you fold your hands, whatever posture you've been trained in, and you talk, and maybe you've been taught to wait and listen, but mostly for us, prayer in our culture is a verbal thing. It has to do with words. But he says, prayer is not primarily saying words or thinking thoughts, but rather it's a stance, it's a posture, it's, it's a way of living in the very presence of God. Prayer is putting ourselves in a place of contact with God. And that's, that's a very general idea, and it's supposed to be. I want this to be vague here, guys. Prayer is connecting with God, whatever that means to you. Uh, I'm a preacher. Maybe you can tell I like to talk. Talking is something I do. I do it a lot. I do it fast. I drink coffee. I do it more and faster. Um, so talking as prayer really works for me. I have this real encounter, this experience where I can talk to God. But that's not how everyone is wired. So, so maybe, maybe you talk. Maybe you write. Uh, for my wife, it's dance. She's done workshops on prayer through dance. Uh, maybe you're an artist or a musician. Musicians, have you, do you connect with God through your music? You look like you might have done that tonight. Um, maybe it's silence, maybe it's noise, uh, meditation, community. However you connect, however you pray, do it. And do it constantly. Find that way that you hold space for you and God to draw near to each other and do it. Prayer is not speaking words or thinking thoughts. Prayer is a stance of us connecting to God. And so I'm, I've got such a short amount of time here. I can't teach you how to pray tonight. I can't give you best practices of prayer, but what I wanna do and what I'm going to try to do with each of our uh, sessions together is I want to expose you to a better way of thinking about these things. I can't teach you how to pray, but I, I think I can tell you something good about prayer, and I think this is really good. This isn't just a chore. This isn't a task. This isn't something that you, you need to check off your list. Prayer is what connects us to God and allows for that world-changing, life-changing uh, encounter, that energy, that force that can change things around us, that can change things in us, that's what lets that happen, is that openness. Prayer isn't something Christians do. Prayer is what enables what Christians do. It, it forces us to act. If you have this relationship, if you're holding this space, it's going to change you. It forces us to move. It forces us to change. 
This kind of prayer is more than just asking for things. This is, as Richard Rohr says, it's a lifestyle, it's a stance. It's a readiness, a willingness to enter into this relationship with God. And that changes everything. This kind of prayer is powerful. This kind of prayer is ceaseless. May we have the courage to seek, to connect, and to live in the presence of God. Let me pray for us again.